You're listening to sermon audio from Ransom City Church. For more audio content, visit ransomcitychurch.org. If you would, open your Bibles to Romans 5, verse 17. That's where we're going to be this morning, Romans 5, 17. We're continuing our series through the book of Romans, which brings us to this passage. Um, I'll pray for us, and we'll jump right in. Lord, we thank you and praise you for who you are, for the forgiveness and the redemption that we have in Jesus. And Lord, help us to keep that the centerpiece of our lives and and of our time together this morning as we gather together as a church family to worship you. I pray that we would remember that Christ and Christ alone is our one and only hope of righteousness, of forgiveness, of salvation, and of redemption. Lord, help us to worship you accordingly this morning as a church family and as we go out from here with the rest of our lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So starting in the first part of verse 17, so we're only tackling one verse this morning, but the first chunk, it says this. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. Let's stop there. Um, As we talked about last week, as a result of Adam's sin, as a result of his eating of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, we now have physical death for humanity. Um, the, The Holman New Testament commentary summarizes this well. They say this, Adam's kingdom of life was short lived. Whatever amount of time he spent in the Garden of Eden prior to sinning was the extent of his kingdom of life. After he sinned, death reigned in his world and all of his descendants died. Adam died, Seth died, Enosh died, Kenan died, Mahalel died, Jared died, Enoch died, Methuselah died, Lamech died, Noah died, and so on. And they're quoting Genesis 5, um, 1 through 32 and 9, 28. They go on to say, quite a legacy in a manner of speaking. One need only fast forward a few thousand years and insert his or her parents or grandparents' names in the list to see that the reign of death continues. It's a pretty good summary. So as a result of Adam's sin, his eating of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden, we now have physical death for humanity. All of this is, is the result of Adam's sin as mankind's representative, right? So firstly, as a result of Adam's sin, is eating of the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Eden. We now have physical death for humanity. Secondly, we now have a sinful nature. As we talked about last week, as a result of Adam's sin, as our representative, all of us born in Adam are now born with a sinful nature. And as we use this picture last week, we now add to the sin stew, the sin cauldron, so to speak, ourselves with our own sin. And thirdly, as a result of Adam's sin, his eating of the forbidden of fruit in the Garden of Eden, we now have, uh, we're now destined for hell apart from Christ. Right? As a result of Adam's sin, all of us born in Adam are now born with a sinful nature. We add to the sins to ourselves, and we're now destined for hell for our sins apart from Christ. As we talked about last week, this spiritual disease of sin leads to spiritual death. It leads to hell if left untreated. And now, as a result of Adam's sin, we all have it. (laughs) 
We all have this spiritual disease of sin, meaning we're all destined for hell apart from Christ. Because as Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin, meaning what sin earns, what sin deserves is death. So as a result of Adam's sin as our representative, not only do we get physical death for humanity, but we get spiritual death, hell, for our sins as our destiny apart from Christ as well. Like that scene in Back to the Future, I'm your density, remember? Well, now hell is our density. <laughs> I mean, our destiny for our sins apart from Christ, right? All of this, physical death for humanity, all of us being born in Adam now being born with a sinful nature and all of us being destined for hell for our sins apart from Christ is wrapped up in this concept of death reigning through that one man being Adam. That's kind of all wrapped up in that concept. Again, all of which is the result of one man's trespass, as it says, of Adam's sin as our representative in the Garden of Eden. It's also important to note here that Paul describes death, again, including all of the things that we just talked about, physical death for humanity, all of us born in Adam now being born with a sinful nature, and all of us, all of us being destined for hell for our sins apart from Christ. Paul describes death as reigning through Adam. So is that, again, verse 17, the first part. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. This carries with it the idea of a tyrannical rule. One that we can't get out of apart from Christ. Does that make sense? In other words, apart from Christ, we will continue to be dominated by our sin until we die when we'll be sentenced to hell forever because of our sin. That's, that's the picture that Paul's painting here. That's the hopelessness of our situation. Again, our density <laughs> apart from Christ. But here's the good news, church. Look with me at verse 17, the second half. Paul goes on. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. In other words, much more will those who receive the free gift of Christ's righteousness being counted to us, which happens how? By faith, right? That's how Christ's perfect righteousness is credited to our account, is by faith. So much more will those who receive the free gift of Christ's perfect righteousness being credited to their account through faith in him, who are now righteous before God, not guilty in God's courtroom, and therefore safe from the wrath of God through faith in Jesus which is only possible because of Christ's perfect life and sacrificial death in our place, his fulfillment of all righteousness on our behalf and his full payment for our sins and his death on the cross, both of which are counted to us by faith, and who receive all of the other gracious blessings that are ours in Christ by faith. Things like a father-child relationship with God through faith in Christ. The empowerment of the Holy Spirit in Christ, right? 
That's what I believe Paul means by who receive the abundance of grace. In other words, who receive all of the other gracious blessings that are ours in Christ through faith in him. I think that's what he's getting at there. Uh, to, to give a picture of this idea, who receive the all expenses paid package of blessings that are ours through faith in Christ. Does that make sense? In other words, so let's put all that together. I know that's a lot. <laughs> to kind of boil all that down, much more will Christians. That's who Paul's referring to here, right? Amen? Does that make sense? So much more will Christians reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Whereas death, again, physical death, our sinful nature, and all of us being destined for hell for our sins apart from Christ, once reigned over and dominated us like a tyrant, in Christ we now reign in life because of Christ's finished works on our behalf. Whereas Adam's work, his sin in the Garden of Eden, resulted in death's tyrannical reign over us, Christ's works, his perfect life and sacrificial death, result in our reign in life for all who look to him by faith. Does that make sense? That's what Paul's walking us through here. Now, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> that we reign in life through faith in Christ. Well, think through the three categories we've been talking about this morning. Physical death, right? Our sinful nature and our eternal destiny, our eternal density because of our sin, right? Think through these three categories. Again, physical death, our sinful nature, and our eternal destiny because of our sin. In Christ, we're freed from the tyrannical reign of those things to instead reign in life because of his finished works on our behalf. For example, I'll just kind of walk you through what that means. Physical death, right? Physical death once meant our doom. Because apart from Christ, we were destined for hell for our sins when we died. Amen, right? But now, for those of us who are in Christ, it's just a tool that God uses to bring us home to enjoy fellowship with him free from sin and the effects of the fall for all eternity. Amen, right? <laughs> like, like the quote from Willy Wonka, stop, don't, right? <laughs> and miss all of this, <laughs> right? Whatever shall I do, right? Especially coming out of 2020, right? <laughs> like we, we should have that perspective about death as Christians. It's now just a tool God uses to bring us home where we get to enjoy fellowship with him free from sin and the effects of the fall for all eternity. Amen, right? That's a very different relationship with death than we had before apart from Christ. Amen? Like very different. So that's first example. Secondly, our, our sinful nature, right? Apart from Christ, we were slaves to sin. But now in Christ, we've been set free from slavery to sin to walk in newness of life. Albeit imperfectly in this life, right? We're still sinners with a sinful nature this side of eternity. Amen, right? But more and more each day by the power of the Holy Spirit. Right, we're empowered to walk in newness of life. 
in Christ, rather than being dominated by our sin, we can now put our sin to death and instead live for Christ and his glory more and more each day by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? So so to give you a picture of this, apart from Christ, our sin had us down for the count. But now in Christ, we can take the fight to our opponents more and more each day by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see that? Thirdly, our eternal destiny. Let's talk about that category, right? Apart from Christ, we were destined for hell because of our sin. But now, through faith in Christ, we have eternal life. Through faith in Christ, our new eternal density (laughs) is fellowship with God, free from sin and the effects of the fall for all eternity. It's no longer something we dread, but something we look forward to. Do you see that? Our eternal destiny, right? In Christ, to give you a picture, we've talked about this concept before, but I think it's helpful to remind us of. In Christ, this life goes from as good as it gets, which is true for everyone who never looks to Christ by faith. This life is as good as it's going to get for them, right? But in Christ, this life goes from as good as it gets to as bad as it's going to be, right? In Christ, it's all downhill, meaning better, from here, from this life, right? See that? Apparently, I just want to clarify that's what I mean by that. When I say it's all downhill from here, I mean meaning better from here. Apparently, that's a phrase that can be used to communicate opposite things, uh, depending on how someone uses it. I mean, for the Christian, it only gets better from here i.e. after this life, right? I just thought that was funny, so I wanted to clarify that. Now, there are obviously, and this is important, there are obviously not yet components to this, okay? You're probably already thinking that. You're right, right? There are obviously not yet components to this. I'll give you a few examples. One, uh, even though for those who are in Christ, it's just a tool God uses to bring us home, as a result of Adam's sin, the people of God still die, right? And they will continue to do so until Christ returns and redeems all things, amen? Right, here's one example. Here's another one. And even though in Christ we're no longer slaves to sin and can put our sin to death more and more each day by the power of the Holy Spirit, We won't be completely free from the presence of sin in us until either we die or Christ returns. Amen? Right? And another example, even though through faith in Christ, our eternal destiny, I almost said density, I've really messed myself up now. Um, Even though through faith in Christ, our eternal destiny is now fellowship with God, free from sin, and the effects of the fall for all eternity, we won't actually lay hold of this reality until either we die or Christ returns. Amen, right? So those are just three examples. There are obviously not yet components to this. Those are just a few. But there are also plenty of already realities to this, so I thought we'd spend some time talking through some of those for our purposes together this morning, right? So we did, and now here we are, right? We just did that. I don't know what that was. I just thought it'd be funny to get really aggressive about it for no reason. So you're welcome. Sometimes jokes are just for me when I'm writing. I've just written a long time, and it's just, this is funny to me. And so then they come to you. That's, the, that's, how, that's how it gets made. You're, you're getting the behind the scenes. <laughs> 
Uh, so in, in closing, one question I want to leave you guys with as we close. Are you reigning in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Ask yourself, are you reigning in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? And then we'll kind of talk about some follow-up questions, right? So again, are you reigning in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Firstly, do you know him? Do you know him by faith? Do you have saving faith in Christ? If not, death, again, kind of this, this packed meaning Paul's using here, meaning physical death, your, your sinful nature, and your eternal destiny of hell apart from Christ still has a tyrannical hold on your life. It still dominates you if you don't know Christ by faith. So repent and look to Christ by faith while there's still time. That, that physical death would no longer be something to fear, but just a tool God uses to bring you home. That you'd be freed from slavery to sin to walk in newness of life more and more each day by the power, power of the Holy Spirit. And that your eternal destiny would no longer be something you dread, but something you look forward to. Be liberated from the tyranny of death through faith in your new king, King Jesus, whose rule is far better. Amen? That you'd reign in life through faith in him. So that's the first question. Do you know him by faith? Do you know Christ by faith? Secondly, if so, if you do know Christ by faith, does your life reflect the truth that you now reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, as Paul says? Does, if you know Christ by faith, does your life reflect the truth that you now reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, as it ought to? That's the question. Few examples of this. I'll ask a few follow-up questions to that. Does your life reflect the truth that for those in Christ, physical death is no longer something to be feared, but just a tool God uses to bring us home? Does your, does your life reflect that truth if you know Christ by faith? Or if you're honest, if we examined your life, would it testify that death is something we should still very much be terrified of even as believers? Let me ask some particular questions coming out of 2020 and into 2021. What about your response to the coronavirus? Or the civil and political unrest we've seen this past year? What would your response to those things testify? Church, we should be salt and light in our response to these things. And one of the ways that we can do that is to communicate not just with our words, but with our actions that in Christ, death is no longer something to be feared, but just a tool God uses to bring us home. Amen? To put it bluntly, it's hard to be salt and light when it looks like we're just as terrified as our unbelieving neighbors. Amen? Second question. Does your life reflect the truth that in Christ we've been set free from slavery to sin to walk in newness of life? Again, albeit imperfectly in this life, 
we're still sinners with a sinful nature this side of eternity. But more and more each day by the power of the Holy Spirit, right? We're empowered to walk in newness of life. Does your life reflect that truth? Or does it look like you're still a slave to sin, even as a believer, with the Holy Spirit now dwelling within you? Christian, get up off the mat and start taking the fight to your sin and living for Christ and his glory more and more each day by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Show the world the freedom from slavery to sin that's yours in Christ that could be theirs through faith in Jesus. Show them. Third question. Does your life reflect the truth that in Christ our eternal destiny is no longer something we dread but something we look forward to? Does it reflect the truth that in Christ this life goes from as good as it gets, which again is true for everyone who never looks to Christ by faith, to as bad as it's going to be? Or, if we're honest, is at least part of us caught up in the same, (laughs) this life is as good as it gets, so I've got to do everything I can to hang on to it and and make it as enjoyable as I can, even though it's like trying to squeeze sand and it's slipping through our fingers? Is at least part of us caught up in that same hysteria that the the world around us is caught up in? Do Do you hear that? Church, share with them a better way through the preaching of the gospel. That in Christ, this life is as bad as it's going to be for me. In Christ, it's all downhill, meaning better from here, right? So look to Christ by faith that you'd be saved and the same will be true for you. That should be the good news that we preach to a world that desperately needs to hear it. Amen, right? But then live accordingly. Live accordingly. Don't let the life that you live undermine the gospel that you preach. Amen? Wherever our lives don't reflect these truths, church, like they ought to, Let's repent together by the power of the Holy Spirit. And let's remember the good news of the gospel that in Christ we're forgiven, in Christ we're declared righteous, and in Christ we're empowered to change via the Holy Spirit who now now dwells within us. Amen? Pray with me. Lord, we thank you for these gospel reminders that we now reign in life through faith in Christ and look forward to the day when we'll take hold of that reality in full, when Christ returns and redeems all things. So, Lord, help us to live accordingly. Help us to be salt and light in the world. 
and show people what we have in Christ, not only by our words, but by our actions that can be theirs through faith in Jesus. And so, Lord, help us to do that. Empower us to do so by your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the forgiveness and the redemption that we have in Jesus. We thank you that in Christ we're forgiven of where we fall short here. In Christ we're declared righteous. His perfect righteousness is counted to us by faith. And we thank you, Lord, that in Christ we're empowered to change by the Holy Spirit now at work within us. And so, Lord, help us to do so. Help us to hear your words this morning. Cut us where we need to be cut. And Lord, empower us to turn from sin and live for Christ as we ought to. Lord, help us to do so. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.